the Fiverside podcast here, and it's a cheery Tuesday night for everyone. Um, I'm joined by Matthew Thompson. Evening. Ross Dewar. Hello. Craig Gregor. All right. And Billy Kirkpatrick. Bonjour. Um, first order of business, uh, congratulations to Matt for surviving COVID-19. Thank you very much. He's on the up, he's recovering now. Yep. It's all good. He'll be able to fill and celebrate uh, when Scotland do win the Euros. I'll be full mm-hmm. of emotion, I'm sure. Yeah. He's enjoying life. But, um, yeah. Scotland have now fulfilled their two friendlies um, pre-Euros. Preparation is done. I believe the players are back home for a few days now um, before they all uh, where are we? Middlesbrough. Yeah, travel to Middlesbrough. Reconvene in Middlesbrough before our first game in Scotland. Makes sense. Not salty about it at all. We're half the players live, I suppose, at England. Well, to be fair, that was the you know we we did miss out in booking Orium first. The Czech Republic did book it, but obviously have since decided they do not want to stay in the multi-million pound Orium facility. Why aren't we? I mean, would you want to because stay? Because we've already prepared for Middlesbrough. We've had, we've got a plan in place, and Steve Clark is going to take us from Middlesbrough to Glasgow, back to Middlesbrough, back to whatever our second game is, Wembley, back to Middlesbrough, then back to Hamden, and then he's going to take us to whatever our last sixteen matches. Courtesy of Logan Air. Yeah. Oh, is Logan Air providing the? F- oh God, yeah. oh, Jesus! Oh, they're not making it. <laughs> no, oh, we're halfway up. Just... Technical issue. Back to Middlesbrough. Bye bye. Middlesbrough to Newcastle. I just hope uh, the player's been home for a couple of days. I hope no one does anything stupid and uh, catches COVID. Um, well, I think uh, I think all 23 of them or all 26 of them uh, held a massive house party. Uh, well, they did have Nathan Patterson there. <laughs> Nathan Patterson does love his house I'm parties. kidding, of course. I'm kidding. I've got the Euro fever. I think we all do. We've all got Scotland tops on. <laughs> yeah. We do. Save from Die Hard Craig. Who doesn't? I know. Disgrace. Boo. Yeah, um, there was some good preparation in the friendlies. Yep. Um, we started off um, almost a week ago now. It was last Wednesday evening. And we took to Portugal. Because we were in Spain on our warm weather training. And we took on the Netherlands. Um, good showing. I can't remember the starting lineup, but so I'm sure Craig probably can. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a reasonably good starting lineup. Obviously, had the the seven players out, um, one with COVID and others staying in Spain just to um, caution, just um, just to be safe. Nothing, no need to risk anything. But um, yeah, like Steve Clark, see some of the not not the fringe players, but you know some of those players that are looking to to push through, like likes of Turnbull. Um, he started. Armstrong's another one yeah. maybe not in lane for a start, but he he also started in midfield. Um, I've got it up now. Um, it was Gordon in nets in place of Marshall, who was self isolating. Um, Robertson, Cooper, Hendry, Tierney, Forrest um, was kind of the back line. Yeah, it was about lane. Yeah, yeah. Midfield of. <laughs> Armstrong, McGregor, Turnbull, uh, Christie somewhere in there between there and striker, and uh, Dykes up top started the game. Mm. 
Yeah, it seemed um so seemed to play the system that he it seems like he's gonna plan and play the the five three two kind of as um as a looks like the system he's got in mind anyway. Mm-hmm. It all depends on who the forward players are, because obviously if it's Christie, then Christie will drop a bit deeper and pick up the ball and like yeah. move the ball on quickly, whereas if it's Dykes and Adams, then Dykes is like the target man, sort of, and Adams will try and make runs off him and stuff. Um, but, yeah, we... <laughs> I think, especially after both the friendlies, he's got quite a sort of conundrum, doesn't he, Mr. Clark? A selection dilemma, um, which yeah. is a good thing. A good kind, yeah. a good kind of selection dilemma. Yeah. Um, everyone's like a bittersweet draw for Scotland. Um, maybe just uh, started out fairly even, actually, with the Netherlands. Scotland could have went ahead. The Netherlands could have went ahead, but... Uh, Scotland eventually did. Um, and an unlikely customer picking up the goal from outside the box was Mr. Jack Hendry. Yeah. Really good finish. Did a wee wander up. Um, the high press that uh, Scotland pushed uh, Lee Armstrong win the ball back. Uh, and Jack Hendry comes out of nowhere and, and just and just slots it in bottom corner. Mm-hmm. I think we'd all be proud of that finish. Yeah. Decent, decent wee one. Mm-hmm. He's first I'm not sure why goal. Was there, but that's okay. Don't know why he was there, but it was a really good finish for the defender. It was. Yeah. Um, that was a good one. I didn't realise he'd scored it first. I was very surprised when the commentator said his name. Well, yeah, I, I was watching um, you at behind, so when I got the notification, I stupidly left him on to say that Henry had scored. I was thinking, I'll wait, I'll wait and see when, when we get the corner. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we didn't get the corner. <laughs> so... That's my own fault. Notifications on. Yeah, it's, it's, it is his own fault. Um, I, I thought the Netherlands were they were bang average, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think there were anything if we, special. If we do go back and listen to the the previous podcast, I believe uh, bang average was uh, what I actually said. They are they are an average side. They aren't the world beaters that they used to be. A lot of the the big names yeah. over the years: Robin Van Persie. They've still got. A decent amount of good like standout players, but they don't seem to to link well together as much as as they used to. Like they've got obviously um Depay, uh, Wijnaldum, uh, Delip, like all those like players that are playing for some of the best teams in the world. Van Dijk obviously. Van Dijk obviously injured, well. yeah. But yeah, they they obviously couldn't handle Scotland's B team. So I think we made them look by average. Well, yeah, that, I mean, it is partly that, yeah. We played well. We, yeah, we we played well, I'd say. Um, there was we were pressing even more as well after we got the first goal, and I think it was James Forrest played Lyndon Dykes through, and his uh, the yeah. the keeper ended up equal to the shot. Yeah, I think it was one of those when where Dykes just kind of he didn't really know what kind of shot to do, and just and just kind of hit it and end. Yeah. Yeah. But he kind of he had time where he could have he could have even stopped, look to see if there's an art player coming in or anything, or tried to put it low across the goalkeeper. Probably what his best option would have been, but it was unlucky. These things happen. Um, was very very quickly after that. 
um, that Van Allen picked up their first goal of the match through Memphis Depay. Um, and that's us. We're going to get copyright strike now for saying his name. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, what? Um, he, 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 Not allowed to say the words um, Memphis. Memphis. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, sorry, yeah. a bit slow there. <laughs> um, Good thing no one said it. And no one's from it, uh, Tennessee either. That would be it was a, a bit of a it was a bit of a breakdown. Um, from Scotland's defence, I don't really know what 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 was happening at the point. Yeah, but ended up just having a clear path to goal. <laughs> well, I think it was a defence disaster, darling. To be quite honest, um, thanks, Bruno. A part, wrong bloody judge, but uh, parting of the Red Sea for the two centre halves. <laughs> Um, yeah, the two centre halves uh, were just, obviously practicing their social distancing measures and staying miles apart. Yeah, very Scotland defender. It was a blip in what was an otherwise fairly solid yeah. defensive performance. Yeah. One of the ones with Turnbull probably should have tracked the the pie in. He seemed to just let him run in, but obviously he's not expecting the defence to just split like that. Yeah. Um, Maybe having more experience, he might have tracked him as well. But you know, you can't can't put blame on him for the defence just not being there where they should be. I think a wee bit of blame, but it's not his fault. The defenders just decide to part the red sea yeah. and just go fifteen feet away from each other. Here's the thing: there's three centre halves in there. So why the fuck are two of them holding hands and one's playing right back? Because it doesn't make sense to me that we're defending the centre of the park there. It, it's it's sloppy. It's they're they're going to sleep. I mean, we can't afford that in any of the games that we've got in the group stages of the Euros yeah. at all. No, I got sharp enough a bit on that. I'm sure it was mentioned um, post match. I'm sure they they've looked at it. It's always tough as well when you and that was that was the the first time that that like three would have played together at the backs, obviously. It's hard to learn how each other play. You're gonna to have to learn, and the game goes on because it was kind of a put together three once, um, once uh, the COVID stuff came out. So it's a tough mm-hmm. one, but um, hopefully, it doesn't happen in, in natural games. It won't. Yep, I've decided. Scotland, despite um, in the first half having less possession. Managing more shots on target, uh, more corners, just a little, not on top, but like showing what they're capable of against a a very decent side. To be fair, um, I think they actually the Netherlands are a decent side, and I won't take that away from them because. I wouldn't say they're just bang average, but Scotland did make them look bang average. I mean, they're, they're top for the probably, minutes. what, the top 15 teams in the world. They're not, they're no mugs. And I uh-huh. think we made them look extremely ordinary, but I do think that comes down to us improving. <clears throat> actually, especially against the Netherlands, I actually quite like the shape we had. The only, uh, the only blip was really um, like one minute of idiotic defending, like and a guy who... Um, Obviously, Depay is a player of real quality. It's just mm-hmm. we we sort that out for our games, and I think anything can happen. Yeah, um, second half started, not much going. Um, half half an hour came. 
the hour mark came, Steve Clark uh, rung a couple changes, uh, bringing on Kevin Nisbet for Lyndon Dykes, James Forrest off for Ryan Fraser, and Declan Gallagher on for Liam Cooper. Nisbet the only um, real attacking option we had on the bench, considering Fraser mm-hmm. was playing, Fraser and Forrest were both playing right, but right wing back basically. So. Yeah. Uh, three like for like substitutions, pretty much. Yeah. Not in the style of play, but position wise. Um, all coming on. No change to the system. And two minutes later, uh, Kevin Nisbet found himself on the end of a delightful Andy Robertson cross uh, just to tap home at the back post. A very good ball and very good finish in Nisbet to get his first goal. So it's always good for the strikers to get their first goal going into mm-hmm. a tournament, getting the confidence because. I'm sure he'll get minutes throughout the three games. So, no, yeah, no he's got that goal means he's not he's not out there trying to chase it in those games anyway. So, not mm-hmm. done it tucked away before you actually got onto the pitch in the competitive games. Um, I also put his name in in contention for like getting on the on the pitch. Uh, considering that. The striker that started the game didn't score a goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just put that out there. I was, I was in the, the ball from Robertson, I've got to say, and I was I was actually really impressed with Robertson over these two games. It's, it's one of those ones where everyone kind of slates Robertson, not because he's he's poor for Scotland, because he doesn't put in the same form as he does for Liverpool. So it's not that he's poor, he's just not as good as everyone knows <clears> he can be, but he seemed to show in these two games he is starting to to become better for Scotland anyway. I think I think sometimes to me it almost felt like he never trusts he doesn't trust his teammates the same when he comes and plays away. Yeah. He, he obviously plays with such an intensity at Liverpool. Um but I think watching the two games it felt as if he was more happy to allow the ball to go to his colleagues. Yeah. Uh, knowing that they can they can perform to the level that he needs them to perform. You know, he doesn't have Mo Salah in front of him, but he does have players that can more than comfortably control that ball. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the, the players that Scotland have are definitely capable. Mm-hmm. Um, 100% agree with that. I think it, it's just he needs that. He needs to be confident in them and do it more often because that's the thing we don't, we've not seen from Andy Robertson very often is like him pushing forward and playing crosses in a lot of the time. It's like he gets forward and then he turns back and ends up Tierney makes the run down the line instead of him. Um, it's not a bad thing because, like Tierney's balls are unbelievably good as well. So, to have two players that are comfortable doing that down the left side when they've got the opportunity is fantastic. Um, yeah, it was good to watch as well. He seems to have also improved his, his partnership with Tierney, where they know like one goes forward, the other one will sit back and. Watch the defense and and like mm-hmm. they can they overlap and they they work out really well together because they are both exceptional left backs um and they they both get excellent delivery into the box so it doesn't matter which one really goes forward um no I really like the way they played together over the course of the two games obviously like when it comes to the Euros if we end up getting pinned back and get. Both of them sort of need to have that understanding that they both can't 
go gallivanting up the pitch at the same time a lot of the time, unless there's someone there covering at the back, because we don't want to leave ourselves short and uh, concede counter-attack goals and stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. Um, yep, Stevie Clark, he, he made some more changes uh, not long after the goal. Tierney went off, Robertson went off, uh, Scott McKenna, a more dedicated centre-half, comes on and uh, Greg Taylor gets some, some minutes in his legs. And one debutant, David Turnbull, goes off for another. Uh, Billy Gilmore came on. Um, I thought Gilmore Gilmore did okay. Yeah, for the minutes I think, he did, uh, yeah. It didn't get very many minutes, but he was just sort of brought on to play, get some minutes in the legs because obviously that's what you need. Um. I think that's much the same as Taylor and McKenna. Like maybe they won't be starting games, but it's not ideal to have players that haven't had a minute on the pitch. So mm-hmm. it was good to get get them on the pitch because you never know what's going to happen over in training over the next few days. Yeah, Gilmore's one of those ones that I think could be on the the verge of the starting lineup anyway. Um, we showed it in the, the second game that he's got some real quality. With. On, on the ball, off the ball, it's really intelligent, so a good one to, to watch. Mm-hmm. For someone so young as well, is is just the way he play, walks around the park and I think his vision as well and the way he sees the game and obviously playing alongside, well, training alongside and playing with players at Chelsea like he does, like Kante, like is, that'll help him massively. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for Scotland, uh, the referee forgot how to referee for the last minute of the game and awarded the Netherlands um, a the bullshit free minute. kick. The last minute of the ninety. No, 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 no. It was I, I the think last minute. It was about the whole bloody game. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying this specific incident was in the last minute of the ninety. Billy, maybe if you paid the fucking attention. I'm paying attention. <laughs> it was in the last minute of the ninety. That the, the referee put on his silly goggles and uh, decided to award a bullshit free kick to the Netherlands um, on the edge of our 18-yard box. And, uh, well, credits where, credit where it's due to Memphis to pie. Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. Um, oh, no, we don't get a listen to our episode now. Um, <laughs> oh, it's going to hear beep, 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 beep. Credit, credit where it's due to him, though. Um, it's a very nice hit from the free kick. It was a lot of power behind it from so close as well to get it over the wall and in the back of the net, as they say. Kind of knew when it was a nice free kick. When it was given, it was uh, was not confident. It wasn't. It wasn't going in because um, he had one. Maybe he had one five, earlier, minutes, yeah. five minutes before that. Um, they hit in a kind of similar position, except there was a Scotland player there to block it, and just he has a very good dead ball um, player, so. It was always going to be a tough one once you give him that one to line it up. Try and stop the second I think one. it just it completely shows though that's a major weakness in our the way we play. And it has been for a few years as well. Like we can go ahead, look like we're gonna win a game and then the dying embers really we shaft ourselves essentially a lot of the time. I think it's tough because in a in a real game obviously he's not gonna make that many defensive subs. Um, 
and making that main defensive sub to be kind of sat back deeper and deeper as they went game went on. Whereas like if we still had the likes of Tierney and Robertson on, that would the defenders that would have brought us up the pitch. Um, mm-hmm. it would have helped us get out of the the constant pressure. Um, so it's one of those ones where obviously these games weren't really about the result; they were more about the performance. So conceding the late goal isn't the end of the world, but obviously it's something we do have to try and step out of the game, stop out the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a two-two result, two-two draw, not terrible. Um, a lot of co- like it'll, it'll put a lot of confidence in some of those players because um, some of them haven't haven't played or haven't been playing great between sort of like the last international break and now, but that is a confidence builder to get a decent result and a very good performance out of a, a side as good as the Netherlands. So, um, take take the positives from it. Yeah, just gotta build build from there and realize that, that on our day we're capable of um, play, beating anyone. Um, yeah, I've got to agree. Yep. Um, our second match came on. Sunday evening, uh, 5pm. And I've got to admit, I did miss most of this game. But it was all for a good cause. Uh, myself and Billy, uh, we took a nice nice wee trip to the vaccination station um, to get our first doses. Yeah, I mean, obviously we were there and, um, you know, if anyone is listening, you know, you can get a brand new Microsoft Office 365 package subscription for only a certain amount, you know, take advantage of it. No free ads, no free ads. I'm, I'm joking, of course. All for a good cause. Get the vaccine. Uh, I, feel, I feel good now. Over. Yeah. Uh, a good reason A good reason to miss the football reel, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yes. Um, <clears throat> line up for this game. Obviously, everyone back apart from um, what was it? Someone called him John Fuckwit. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank Craig typed it in, not me. That's, that's nasty. Nasty. Um. Yep. So it was. It was back to uh, Marshall and Nets. Um, back three of Hanley, Gallagher, Tierney, O'Donnell, and Robertson wingbacks. McGinn, McGregor, McTominay in midfield, and Dykes and Adam up. Adams up top. Um. Very much the starting eleven. I imagine you'll play against the Czechs. Um, yeah, likely to be the the, the start strongest eleven. Few changes in there. You um, that that could be obviously um, Gallagher. One of them. Um, obviously, I would probably put Hendry in there, maybe, or um, or Cooper could come in very easily as well. I imagine Hanley will start. Um. Then if he's brave, put Gilmore in over McGregor and Patterson in over O'Donnell as well. So. I'd be for those changes. Um, yeah. I think it depends what he's doing because I think if, if memory serves me correct, it was a bit bit of a weird one with where McTominay was playing. Yeah, it seemed very much like McGregor was sitting as a sole like defensive midfielder and McTominay and McGinn were given like free room to kind of Go forward and play as like 
attacking midfielders that, a lot of time as well. That makes sense. The way the way you play with that midfield makes sense if you've got three centre halves. Yeah, but I don't but know. To me, it just McTomin- felt- I don't think you I don't think McTominay is the guy to do that. I don't think you saw him again enough, and I don't think McTominay looked as if that was the position he would really want to play. Uh-huh. I think the problem was because McTominay was playing on the left side and McGinn was at the right. Obviously, a lot of our play goes down the left, so McTominay yeah. was more involved, and he has a a good player on the ball when he's got it. But he obviously he's not making those like attacking runs that maybe like Tierney or Robertson were looking for him to do. And no, it's not his position. No. I would think I'd personally have two midfielders sitting and then McGinn in front of them and just to let him roam across the behind the strikers. If it's, just... if it's two sitting, you have to have one that's comfortable going forward. And I think both both those that McGregor and McTominay are both sort of comfortable going a bit bit further advanced but not playing there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Because uh McTominay like We've seen him, seen him at Man United. He, he plays a bit deeper. He loves a pass. He loves a, a big tackle. But he also occasionally likes his wee gallivant up the pitch and occasionally yeah. a wee goal from outside the box. Not afraid so. to make himself available and further up if he needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same as McGregor because obviously he's played beside Scott Brown at Celtic for a few years now. So it's that way where Scott Brown's always the, the sitter and McGregor would, is the goer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go... <laughs> Go those words for it. Um, do we, the do sitter think the that um, two strikers is the way forward with hundred percent. Adams playing hundred percent. Two actual yeah, strikers because although he makes Clark might count as two strikers when he plays Christie because he plays Christie as a basically a, a second striker, but it's not Christie's. He's decent at it for Scotland, but it's not his position. Obviously, having Adams and Dykes in there, they seem to have a good relationship already. They seem to. To work well together, they need a better relationship with the back of the net. They do need a better relationship. From what I've seen, they were they were very good, and um, they did they linked up a few times in the first sort of half hour forty, first half really. Um, one of those times was for the goal, um, and it's just <clears throat> it's just like it's like they knew what like what each each other was wanting to do. They had that understanding between them, um, and yeah. I was gonna say Dykes is very good uh, work rate wise. Like I think against um, like teams are difficult to break down. He'll go run the channel. He'll go. He'll come short. He'll go long, and I think that can go a long way. Yeah, I it's do. So I do. Um, however, think like the couple of chances he had, he really has to be doing a lot better. I know it's only a friendly, and friendlies don't matter for much, but... No, it would have been nice to get a few goals under the belt. Yeah, it was a, mm-hmm. a tough one for a tough e- evening for them. They just they just didn't seem to, to know where the net was half the time, but hopefully they've got a, week, I, a week's worth of finishing training then to sort that out. I think probably the red card probably impacted Scotland more than... It ruined the game. So uh, yeah. Because it, it just became a training exercise at the point. You know, it, it, um, the whole value of the game and what you'd learn from it was completely lost. I think the red the red card that came was it Adams and Dykes linking up again yeah. and Dykes got pulled down. Adams put the nice football. Dykes went through, and the player just he didn't have to pull him down because Dykes he had Dykes what covered, and um, and not in a friendly. You don't, there's no point in getting yourself sent off in a friendly like that. No. But 
I mean, it's maybe one of those ones where it's a friendly. Like, does the ref let that go? Yeah, you have to send them off. Uh, I feel like the ref, yeah, I don't think the ref can let that go in a friendly. Do it's a red card, like without a doubt. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was just an unfortunate one where the game was like we were doing well trying to break down a full team and then it just kind of felt like the game died a bit. Yeah. In the red game. Because we were, we were never really threatened by them and it was just chance, it was just a matter of could we actually break them down which we did a few times and if we had strikers that could score goals we would have scored a few goals. So. It was a game of... Um... Well, it should it should have been more. It should have been like five or six, really, um, <clears throat> by the sort of clear cut chances we had. Um, the second half is I caught most of it, um, and just from what I seen, it was just a bit, bit dry. Like, yeah, uh, Scotland dominating possession, and then. Creating creating chances had I think it was ten ten attempts at goal, with only five of them on target. So that's something definitely to look at. Ten, um, ten with five on target is is decent, really, in a, yeah, a normal a game. The five on target weren't really. In First half was seven with two in. on target, which is um, also not fantastic. Yeah, and then the in the second half, is, um, I think Gilmore working on for. McGregor, McGregor obviously played so many games in in three, the last three and a half years. He's played, he's averaged sixty games a calendar year, which is a lot of games. Um, More than anyone, I think. So obviously he's going to be European football getting leggy. Um, at these points, um, Gilmore, Gilmore came on and he looked really lively. He looked to pick up the ball in the middle and drive forward with it. Like he looked like a a really good player. And if he doesn't get much game time this Euros and um, I'm sure he'll be looked at um, for the, the qualifiers for the next um, yeah, tournament. I've got to say on the, the Cal McGregor thing like he's good but he gets overplayed like he gets run into the ground and it's... I also think he's replaceable as well in that team because we've got such a vast um, uh, amount of midfielders yeah that's the thing I, I really would have thought that maybe like he'd get rested yeah, for one of the one game or the other, like wouldn't play at all because it didn't make sense to to risk him when he's likely going to start the first game of the Euros uh, for us. Yeah, it was a um, very going, going by what Steve Clark does, like no, I agree. it would be nice to see him get a rest. Yeah, and then very because it was like the ideal game for him to start Gilmore in that position and see what Gilmore can do for a full game and. And where he can handle, like how well he, he copes, like at that stage playing a full game, etc. So, well, they got attacked. And he did get attacked. Um, when did we bring him on? Yeah, the half he got about half an hour. Yeah, and then he got attacked. he got about half an hour, and he got he got uh, brutally murdered. He did. Um, it did look very um, very sore, and it seems like he is okay now. So, that's think good. He, yeah, I, they they've said that it was just precautionary. Yeah. Um, Nathan Patterson, he came on around the hour mark and thoroughly impressed in his good. his first first call up for Scotland. Yeah. Um, Looked really good. Just like yeah, he did. He did just he ran a lot, um, and that's all you can ask for. There was a couple of times like he got down and he'd 
had a, like chances for crosses or made passes inside and stuff, and it was just bright and refreshing. But him, him and um, Forrest actually linked up yeah. uh, quite well together. Um, I, I didn't uh, have a great chance to watch all of it, but the parts I did watch, um, especially when Forrest has such a level of experience, he can slot um, slot into right back and they can overlap. Um, yes, could potentially be used in games. with Patterson, a lot of pace as well. Patterson being such well, I think a, we almost like either for a right back that is not afraid to go forward a lot, and then so that's like what we've got there outside Robertson. Whereas O'Donnell is probably more of your defensive right back. Like he's he he would he could sit back and defend um, if you needed him to. Mm-hmm. I think we we end up playing like a four. Four at the back when for the last fifteen minutes when James Forrest came on. Yeah, like a, a four two four, I think it was. Then. Yeah, that's Fraser uh-huh. Forrest and Nisbet and Adams up top was or something like that. Then so or Nisbet and Dykes. Um, I can't remember who else. Yeah, Nisbet and Adams yeah. for the last ten minutes. But so it was quite attacking, obviously. Like we've <coughs> we couldn't get but that second goal because. Uh, but there was some really good crosses come in from both both sides of the box and um, some. From the wingers and from the fullbacks, and it was looking good. I think it made sense though as well to see us playing with two wingers on the pitch at the same time. Um, it was weird that he wasn't going <laughs> to consider looking at that before the injury to Gilmore, because I would have thought just just to try it, just see, because obviously they are two players that are naturally sort of like wide attacking players. I know Fraser's play, played quite a lot deeper in, in like wing back positions, but James Forrest hasn't really, apart from for Scotland. <clears throat> yeah, well, they are, and he's not. The they're best also team. both quite versatile players. I know, like Fraser, especially like he's played striker a few times, or like in that cam position as well. Um, I think he can play in both wings as well. So Forrest could play in both wings. Uh, you could you could chuck him in cam if you need him to, but. So it's good to have those that versatility across it. Yep. Very versatile players, and it's a good thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, just just the one nil win over Luxembourg, but I think it allowed. I was about to say Scott Brown. I don't know. Do not know why. Steve Clark. It allowed him. Oh, we're thinking. You're thinking of ten years <laughs> time. <laughs> It allowed Steve Clark to get a good a good look at his um his options. His squad and I think most players got some minutes in the legs, which is important. I think did, did every player play a part of the friendlies? I think they might have. Well, John well, Fuckwood well, didn't Craig. John Fleck and John McLaughlin as well. Apart from that, I think every other player fair, played I, a part in the friendlies. I don't think I, I don't think a, a goalie really Yeah. He's yeah, he's his third choice um, is only there in an absolute like emergency, really. For the, for the culture, for the experience. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, well, <clears throat> I think the only person that, that said that the Netherlands game would be a draw was Craig. Um, the rest of us all thought the Netherlands would win. Good. I guess Craig knows his ball. I, yeah, I'm glad to be proved wrong. Yeah. Um, 
Luxembourg game, we all said Scotland would win. Uh, Matt was probably the closest with his 2-1 prediction. Was your 9-0 not close, Ferdinand? No, I don't think my 9-0 was close, Craig, actually. Should have been. Um, it should have been. It really should have been. But, you know, we go again. So, it, next up is Glasgow. It's Hamden. It's next Monday. I wish it would just hurry the fuck up and be Monday. Uh, it's 2 o'clock kick-off in the afternoon. It is the Euros. I can't believe I'm saying it. It's unbelievable to think of. Um, but let's just, you know, with with positive mindsets, let's 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 uh, run through what everyone thinks the score is going to be. Um, I can't. And how many nil to Scotland it's going to be, Craig. Um, so that's against the Czechs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Czech Republic. We're going to start off with a, a nice two 0 victory. That's how we're going to start the Euros. Billy. I don't think I'm in the, the right frame of mind to make such predictions right now. Uh, I, 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 we I need will, to. I will be on tenterhooks in my place of establishment. Um, there will not be much work done on Monday afternoon. But I think we have enough to beat the Czechs and I, I will go 2-1 to Scotland. Sure. Um, I'm hoping that we start well, and I think I think it's going to be a cagey sort of boring game, but I think we're going to sneak it one nil. I'll take a one nil. I'll take a one nil. Um, yeah, I don't. I, th- I think we'll win. I I can't believe I'm saying that. I think we'll win at a major tournament, and I think me, Ferg, and Jura are going to send the Jura household wild. When the, when the second goes in and I think it'll be 2-0 to Scotland I think the racists that's what I say that's that. um, I think m- maybe a, a, a few nerves for the, the Scotland team uh, we will concede but um, I think I think we'll overcome it anyway and um, we'll score 3 and it will be 3-1 to Scotland Hopefully, fingers crossed. I've tried so hard. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Are you just wanting to put in provisional scores for the other two games in the group? Or... Oh, no, no, no. No, not yet. We, we, we wait in reserve judgment, yeah. Yeah, we will. When did you say the next one is? Is it the Friday? The Friday. Friday, yeah. And then the one after that, when's that? The Tuesday. Tuesday. The Tuesday. The Monday, Friday, Tuesday. Okay. Right. We'll we'll wait. We'll reserve judgment for that. Um. One last thing, Craig. Do we get out the group? Yes. Yeah. Billy, do we get out the group? Yes, as one of the four best third place teams. Doesn't matter. Matt, are we out the group? Yep. Jura. Um. Yep. I think the same as Billy. Well, um, I think think everyone else said yes. I'm going to say yes as well. We have to. Um, We've got the potential in that group to to finish better than third place, though. Uh, There's also the potential in that group to finish dead bottom. But the key key thing is starting strong on Monday and getting a win 
uh, put us in a, a good position before we head down to Wembley. Because if, if we get a win, it would be quite hard for us not to get out of the group, possibly. Three, so, yeah. three points is is should be enough. It was enough in the last Euros anyway. If quite a few teams went through and three, three points. Um, Portugal. In Portugal, they went through three points and they won that one tournament. So. Wow. I think I the Czech game is the biggest game out of three, in my opinion. It is, yeah. We can, yeah. I think our hardest game is probably going to be England because it's away from home. They're probably the strongest team in the group. As much as it pains me to say that. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be the hardest game. We've, we've got yeah. quite well up here. We've got the first game against the Czechs. It's because it's a, probably, in my, my, my opinion, it's the best game to have first. Um, we need to go. We, we know that it's a game that we, we should be aiming to win the most out of the three games anyway. Um, obviously, we'll be aiming to win every game. But get that one out of the way and then you move on from there. You win and then it gives you the confidence to go down to win. We win that first game. There's no pressure yeah, really on any of the players to go to Wembley and to play Croatia because we've already done what could be enough to get out of the group. So from the rest of it, it's just play. You know, go see what yeah. Um don't but don't take anything for granted from pre- no. three points either. Yeah. Like get three points and still push to try and get something out of the three points is a hundred percent guarantee. So you need to be yeah. careful. You need to try. But I just I they'll hope all, we don't they'll, get. They'll all know I hope, that. Hope we don't beat the Czechs and then try and go down to Wembley or against Croatia and try play for a draw. Just but there's no point yeah. in just playing for a draw that doesn't do anything for us. We need to just go and try and beat them. And on our yeah, days, people will beaten. Both teams, every team in that group. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. That's making me nervous talking about it more. Oh, I'm a bag of nerves. I don't know anybody else, but I'm a bag yeah. of nerves right now. Very nervous. Um, short and sweet. Short and sweet. We'll leave this episode, uh, and we'll we'll be back at some point in the near future. Hopefully, just it all depends on on timings and Euros matches and people's work and you know just a big can of worms but we will be back hopefully before the England game maybe a few of us mm-hmm. and um, until then see your goodbyes Matt yep hope everyone enjoys enjoys the game and enjoy it to everyone that's lucky enough to be going as well um, yeah if everyone takes care thanks always for listening and come on Scotland yep Billy yeah, uh, God, everybody that's there. Well, yeah, hope you enjoy the game. Um, I will not be there. Not even I won't even be watching the game. So, hope everyone that is watching the game, whether it be in the pubs or the the houses, uh, obviously within the permitted limits. Um, I hope you have a, a great time, and hopefully we can cheer on the boys to get a good result on Monday against the Czechs. Goodbye. And uh, crazy. Surely it can be like Schoolbill, where they they be winning one of those TVs into the bank for you to watch the games on. You know, a rolly. A rolly. <laughs> um, I, I highly I don't. You can smoke in the bank, mate. But um, yes, uh, goodbye um, and uh, very much good luck, Scotland. And finally, for me, um, everyone else has already said enjoy, but I I do repeat that uh, enjoy. Try not to get too worried, stressed out about Scotland Try. doing badly or whatever we do. Just just enjoy the experience, you know. It's been been a while. And um yep. It's too late outside to say goodnight. So yeah, goodbye and God bless. <laughs>